It doesn't take a lot of money to build yes. wealth, but it does take discipline. It takes contentment. It takes diligence. It takes behavior change. There's no judgment, no criticism, because what we teach, we've walked. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Powering Up, our cross-generational podcast about leadership, power, and gender. I'm Ann Doyle, your baby boomer co-host and author of Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. And I'm Monica Doyle. I'm the millennial voice of this podcast. Uh, and today's conversation is about money, how many good decisions about it can be made, uh, how to budget, how to build wealth, and most importantly, how to make sure you are not your own financial worst enemy. Right. And our guests today are the perfect people to answer those questions because uh, they are certified financial advisors, personal finance educators, and hosts of the Abundant Living radio show. Willa Williams and Wesley Eccles co-founded Trinity Financial Coaching with the goal of making personal financial management simple so that their clients could live prosperously without completely stressing out about money. So let me introduce them, uh, give you a little background here. Um, Wesley earned her Master of Business Administration from California Baptist University and is a certified church administrator. She brings over 20 years of experience in administration, accounting, financial planning, credit managing, credit management, and budgeting uh, to her work. And Willa graduated from Wayne State University with a master's degree, uh, master's of science degree in occupational and environmental health. Uh, it was her three decades of work for the city of Detroit, witnessing how poor money management and lack of resources created stress. Uh, and hard times that led her to a second career as a financial advisor and teacher. I'm interested in hearing about her individual leadership journeys as well as their financial expertise and a bit about that environmental health aspect of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that? Yeah. Well, welcome, Willa Williams and Wesley Eccles. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank great you. to be here. This is exciting. And, is. and we know that you sit in this very studio co-hosting <laughs> your own radio show, yes, and we yes. want to talk about that. But today we have you on the hot seat. Yes. <laughs> a little so, different. Yeah, a little different. So, so let's just start out um, about your core vision, your core belief about how you approach financial management, because uh, I, I know from reading about your backgrounds um, that you believe to your core that uh, anyone can be free from the bondage of debt and live abundantly. So what's the most important thing uh, that you want our listeners to know, starting right out here, about managing their money? Well, one thing we want them to know is that it's, it's really about perspective. Mm -hmm. um, when people are always looking at what they don't have versus managing better what they have, it can cause you to make some decisions that might not go in your best interest. So when we say anyone can do it, we really mean that it doesn't take a lot of money to build yes. wealth, but it does take discipline, it takes contentment, it takes diligence, it takes behavior change in order for you to do that. And so if you can apply those principles, regardless of how much income you have coming in, then you should be able to get yourself on a path um, to not only enjoy life, but live abundantly and do the things that you you know would like to do in life. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to add something to that? Just to add a little bit to that, 
as Wes said, it doesn't really take a lot of money. But one thing it may take is time. We have to make sure that you're not trying to do it overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you want to be prepared in other areas so that you can make sure that you're going to be prepared for your retirement. For instance, you need an emergency fund. If you have an emergency fund, then you don't have to snatch out money out of your retirement accounts, which may, because of opportunity costs, you're losing savings. So there are so many aspects that come to it. But as Wes say, diligence, contentment and behavior change are some of the things that are absolutely paramount in moving forward. And I know you do a class uh, that we want to talk about, but but let's say someone comes to you and they're in trouble and they need your help. Where do you start? First of all, we start off by looking at their overall situation and assessing whether or not they actually have a budget or a spending plan that is actually effective for them. And once we identify what's going on and how they're spending their money and how they're managing their money, mm-hmm. then we can chart the courses to solving the problem Mm -hmm. because sometimes we try to go after the problem without even assessing how much we have to go toward the problem. So for example, somebody in crisis might overpromise what they can send a creditor in a payment because they haven't sat down and looked at what they can honestly spend, which then adds more pressure when they, if they can't meet that, that commitment. So sit down and look at what is actually going on and what changes, again, behavior, Mm -hmm. what changes can be made so that you can free up some more money to handle that crisis. And then just give them an opportunity to breathe Mm -hmm. and take off the shame and take off the guilt. We all make bad decisions sometimes. And we all, you know, it seemed like a right thing to do at the time. We all have those moments. Mm -hmm. And you also want to make sure that they're not handicapped. By thinking that they did this, it failed, I don't want to do it again. Start over. Do it again. Mm-hmm. How many times do people try to stop smoking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many times do some of us try to stop eating potato chips? I mean, exactly. you know, there, there are so <laughs> many us, different. Right. We, have to, we have to do it and do it over again until we get it so it's going to be right or until we get it so it'll be prosperous for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm curious to know what um, what you two have seen as probably the easiest reason that people find themselves in trouble in the first place. Like, is there a particular thing that you see as like a trend that usually leads people like to this area where they need help with their finances? I think one of the things is how you were socialized. How were you raised? Mm-hmm. How did your mom and dad handle money? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean. We learn from our parents. That's where we get our first education on dealing with money. Mm -hmm. And if your parents really didn't have an opportunity to teach you to be either different from them or better than them in managing money, then you'll fall into it. And one thing that we also have to consider in that equation is that times in the economy is different now than it was when mom and dad were out there. You know, remember grandma always had that jar Hmm. or, you know, go in that drawer. And but they always had that. Mm -hmm. Our parents may not because they were out working and trying to buy stuff and get stuff and make things better for you. And one thing that I've seen a lot in my own family and in persons that we have coached is we don't always show our children Mm -hmm. that there's some responsibility in getting that money into the bank account. So when you go to the ATM, 
there's some that come out. They know it'll come out, but sometimes they don't know how it got in there. So it, you <laughs> they're know, in the car watching you take yeah. money out. Like, man, I want, I can't wait till I can. I've do heard that. children tell their parents, "Well, just go to the machine. Where's the card?" Yep. Uh, and then my question is, well. Did you ever explain to them how that money got in there? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they say yes, or sometimes they just kind of coil up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just a teaching moment, you know? Well, and then in terms of teaching as well, do you feel like um, finances and how to manage your own money is something that we need to do better in, in like, public schools and high school? Because one thing, one conversation that I've been reading about a bit is how people go to school and they learn things like calculus, which they go on to not really use daily as often. And yet at the same time, kids in school don't learn anything about how to do their taxes, about how to change oil in their car, stuff like that. So do you think we need to do better about teaching younger people about practical finances? I totally agree that we yeah, need to do better absolutely. at that. Um, a lot of children or students in general, they just don't know. And back to your original question when you were saying, what do we see? We see lost perspective because people see the dollars that's coming in, but they don't take a 30-foot view at all the things that those dollars have to do for you. Mm -hmm. So they look at it with a very short span and I can, I can buy this kind of apartment, but they're not looking at the cost of that apartment and how it affects the car that you can drive. And then when you have this type of apartment, what do the utilities look like in this type of apartment? And then there is a, a like a ripple-up effect of how we have to spend our money, and they don't look at it from a big view. And we don't teach it, so if we don't teach it, they don't know. So especially for college students, they're coming into their largest earning years, and so they say, oh, this is the most amount of money I've ever made. Mm -hmm. So... You have to look at your, your finances from a big 30,000-foot point of view, from a long-range planning point of view, so that you can encompass all the things that you might have to address with your finances. So, yes, it both definitely needs to be taught yeah. in schools. Well, and one thing that I've learned through my own, you know, attempts to get a little bit more on track with my finances. So my brother is a math major. My brother is Anger Doyle. Um, he's a math major, and he has been helping me um, with just some of the most basic stuff. Like one thing he said was, leave your credit card at home, only use cash. And I can't believe how much it has affected my bank account. Like it's not just flying out of there anymore because I have to go to the money machine and get cash out. And I was wondering if you guys had any simple, practical mm. tips sort of along those lines for people. I think his his um, recommendation to you is excellent. Yeah. Because when you have cash in your hand, you can see it going yeah. away. When you are swiping your debit card, especially if you don't get your receipt, you don't always monitor your bank account as often as you may. And so you don't really see the impact of that swipe at this store, that swipe at that coffee shop, that swipe at that little restaurant. Mm -hmm. You don't see it. But when you have cash in your pocket, you got 100 bucks that you're going to spend. For some reason, it's down to 75 I think I might need to kind of slow back on things. Yeah. But you can't see that when you're doing uh, either a debit card or a credit card. Oh, my goodness. And never charge anything that you're not prepared to pay for immediately. Yeah. Yeah, that was another big thing mm -hmm. was I've learned, okay, if I use my credit card, transfer the money onto it immediately. Absolutely. And I can't believe the difference between walking into a store with cash and walking into a store with a credit card 
because half of the time with a credit card, I wasn't even listening to the total, you know, and yep. and then later on, you just don't think about it. And so, yeah, I, when it comes to practical tips like that, I think that's one of the biggest things mm-hmm. to help at least my generation, you know. And to pay yourself first. Yep. Absolutely. Because what do you mean by that? Because you, we get caught paying everybody else mm-hmm. that we forget to put money in our own account to save it. Mm. That's what I mean by that. Mm. Yeah. So we get when yes. we earn when we get our checks, the first thing we do, we start paying everybody else. Mm-hmm. But we don't stop and say, wait a minute, I'm gonna take twenty five dollars off the top, a hundred, fifty, whatever it is, yep. and put it in my account and then I'll pay everybody else from there. Mm-hmm. So now I am in the habit of being diligent and gen um in um building up my savings. Yeah. And yeah. the best way to do that is to have it direct deposited out of your check, your payroll check, oh. into the savings account. You don't see it. Mm-hmm. It's not in that net pay that you get, that check that you get. It's shown as a deduction that's gone over to the account where you're saving it. Yeah, and then so you, you don't, don't reject that. Yeah, you don't get the option of, well, maybe I don't have to right. put some money in my savings that's account. Right. That's right. It's already gone. <laughs> right. That's right. It's done for you. Yeah, it's already there. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. <laughs> I know you both care very much about young people, and uh, Wesley, I believe you're the mother of two daughters. Yes. Well, are, are you a parent too, or and, an and aunt I'm too a many? Pa- I'm <laughs> a parent to 900 nieces and nephews. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that you care very deeply about Absolutely. young people in yeah. terms of getting them uh, going on the right track before yeah. they get into trouble, so they don't have to crash and burn, and then have you exactly. come and fix it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, um, quick sort of. Key steps for young people just starting out. I mean, you've mentioned some of them, mm-hmm. but just all together here. To Monica, your <laughs> advice. <laughs> okay, Monica. <laughs> well, here we go. We want you to get in a habit of tracking your expenses. Mm-hmm. Tracking your expenses is going to allow you to better create your spending plan prior to the next month. Mm-hmm. So track your expenses, and then you can make the necessary adjustments. And tracking your expenses, again, make sure you're paying yourself first and then make sure you are um, then handling all your other expenses. Um, We also want you to, like Willa said, do not charge more than what you can pay off at the end of the month Mm -hmm. so you don't get yourself overextended. Pay yourself first. I really like that. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. And when you do that, if an emergency comes up, you have money that you can use to pay for that emergency and avoid using that credit card, which is going to cause debt that you may not have had in your budget to pay. Mm-hmm. And another thing that you do, like your example where you, when you go to the store and you're going to pay by credit, you really don't look at the... When you go in the store and the cashier is saying, well, would you like this credit card? You're going to get 20% extra today. Skip that. Yeah. Skip that. Because in our minds, and they will tell you sometimes, oh, you can just cancel it and close it. It doesn't matter because most yeah. of the time we won't cancel it and close it. So, yeah, your being willing to take the advice of your brother and do the cash is an excellent thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was fortunate that um, my parents did always teach me don't just open up those credit cards Absolutely. that they offer you. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't need a TJ Maxx credit card. You shop there once a year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get a visa. Use it as you need. Pay it off at the end of every month Just yep. or, or MasterCard or Discover, whatever. Get mm-hmm. a major credit card mm-hmm. and use it. Just the one. You don't need all the individual uh, store cards. And when you begin to look at the interest rates of some of those cards, you will turn away from them easily. I don't care about this 20%, but what about the 29% next month and 29% the following month? And, you know, 
and never, if you have a credit card and you're carrying a balance, never pay the minimum. Make sure that your goal is to try and pay it off at the end of the month. But if you can't, try, I call it chunk it. Try and just chunk throw it. as much money toward it as you can, but not an amount that would disrupt or throw your spending plan, your budget out of order. You don't want to do that, but monies that you may have available for you to get rid of that card, that balance as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And then establish yourself some financial goals. Yeah. Not only financial goals, but just goals in life, because a lot of the goals in our lives have money attached to it. Mm-hmm. So if you keep your goals in front of you and your goals are ultimately are come from your why, like why you want to do things, why do I want financial independence or why do I want to um, live abundantly, Mm -hmm. then you have that 30,000 foot perspective that we were talking about earlier and it'll help you make some smaller financial decisions. So it's not about I'm not eating out um, at restaurants or dining out all the time because I don't have the money. No, I just choose to do something else with my money because it's going to help me accomplish another goal. Mm -hmm. So if you keep your goals in front of you, then it helps keep your money in alignment with those goals. Mm -hmm. And be okay with that. Be okay with telling your friends, no, I can't hang with you tonight. Yeah. Because for you, instead of going out to that meetup together, you got something on your mind that you want to buy for yourself, something special, or somewhere you want to go, a vacation. Mm -hmm. What if you want to take a vacation that's going to take you a couple years to save or a couple months to save? Every little bit helps you get there quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pick, choose your priorities. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and in terms of interest, that was another really great thing that my brother did for me is he said, here's how much you spent and here's how much you pay if you don't pay it off right away. And yeah. it was like, oh, I didn't even really think about it like that. Like yeah. that's how much more you're actually paying for that thing. Exactly. So that 20% that you got for opening up that account, mm-hmm. do you really see that yeah. if you don't pay it off if right you don't away. pay it off yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah well you know one of the things you mentioned having one credit card and my son kevin your your cousin monica uh he never wanted a credit card you know he said no no i don't want a credit card i mean he's pretty frugal he's pretty careful about his money <laughs> which is a good thing but i kept saying to him kevin you need a credit card and he actually uh, is just buying a condo and uh, he's and mom is not co-signing, which is incredible. Woohoo! Yes. But uh, you know, I had to really say to him, Kevin, you need a credit history. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because you don't have any debt doesn't mean that you natu- you actually looked like a really strong financial person exactly. walking in there to try to get a mortgage. Exactly. So your advice on that? A single one, I think, is a good idea. That's, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you need to show credit history. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes you need to show that for employment. Mm -hmm. So if you got a card like a gasoline company card, you're going to put gas in your car. Most of us go there and we do the cash. That same cash, you can allocate, let's say $50 a month or whatever, pay it toward that card and then just go and swipe it. So you're showing Mm -hmm. where you are paying that off Mm -hmm. at a regular basis. And that's all they want to know is that you are paying your bills off on a regular basis and on time, nothing's late, that helps establish your credit history. A really wonderful thing that my parents actually did when I was a kid is they opened up credit cards in both me and my brother's names and used them for small things, paid them off right away, basically created a credit history. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a credit history mm-hmm. for us before 
obviously we were going to use it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then when we did need stuff like that, we had a good credit history already. So I was fortunate that I came into the world of like my own finances with already established credit, which was really great. So I didn't realize how cool that was until I got older. (laughs) That is a great experience. But I've heard the opposite. I've heard horrors yes. of that type of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, where, where parents take advantage. The parents mm. took advantage, and the child didn't even know. Oh, and then they went to oh. do something and couldn't. So because they had this the, bad history, the, right? That is the positive. <laughs> yeah, of it, but I have heard it on the, the negative side. Yeah. So, oh, wow. yeah. so you have to. I think you. It's case by case, and you have to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. If you have a child that is not disciplined and will continually buy things that they can't afford, that might not be that credit card option. Might not be the best. And I want to take us you back a little bit because we want to make sure we hear a little bit about your own personal stories. Oh. Um, and so, um, tell take me back to um, your <laughs> younger Ooh, years wait, and uh, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit about <laughs> no, you know good. maybe how you grew up and um, and perhaps sort of the money messages that you got. So it's really interesting that you said that because a lot of what we teach is based of things that we have we had have to, to learn ourselves mm-hmm. and had to grow from. So I grew up in a single uh, parent household. Uh, my mom, I never felt that we struggled because of just how my mom handled money. And I, but I also had a grandmother who was, she always had money. Like everybody could, when <laughs> anyone in the family needed money, they could always go to grandmother. And grandmother had that money upstairs yep. in the Tucked box. Away somewhere. The, Tucked so away I somewhere. saw, saw these vantage points of having money and not feeling lack. I never felt lack. I saw my mom use credit cards and I was the child that she mentioned. I didn't. I didn't really know what was going on with it. I just knew that she had this little piece of plastic. She would go, <laughs> get some money. She'd get some money. She got what she wanted. So when I got into college, I was the one where the, all the credit card companies were coming yep. at you. Yep. Get a Frisbee, get a free piece oh, of pizza, sign up here. Like t-shirt. And yeah. I did Almost that, Christmas. and I mm-hmm. started buying things that I could not afford, and it was a mess. It was It was such a mess. I had a judgment. It was a mess. So I literally, I had to learn. Our best lessons we learn from right. mistakes, right? Yeah. So I had to learn through working with creditors, setting up payment and arrangements. Okay, I'll do this. I promise you. So that, that over-promising, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to learn the hard way by myself. And then I fell in love with a wonderful gentleman. And then we had the joy of doing it all over again together. <laughs> So, uh, boy, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. yeah the, your relationship with who right, you marry and exactly. how you. So, long story short, we did have to learn these lessons. We did have to establish a budget so that we could even get ourselves out of that hole. And then once we figured out how to get out of that hole, we stayed out and didn't go back in. And so we basically let lived a debt free life from there. And um. And I say debt-free, meaning we don't let any debt linger. So we have mm-hmm. credit cards, but we pay it off at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. There was only one at her house. There were six of us and my mom and dad. Okay. My dad worked every day. He taught me my work ethic. Mm-hmm. As I was coming through college, I had a bunch of credit cards. I mean, all the little famous stores, 
it took me a minute to get bound by those things. And I would always pay minimums. I would keep them paid, but I started looking at how much I'm actually paying. Mm -hmm. That thing that was on sale is not really on sale. If I'm ending up paying 150% for it, once I'm paying the interest rates. But I learned through that when I ended up having to pay all that debt off by myself, uh, going to college, I was able to use tuition reimbursement. And I always encourage that for young people or anybody going to school. I would take a semester. I would go to the credit union, borrow the money that I needed, Mm -hmm. pay it back during that year, and then take tuition reimbursement to repay any amount that was not paid. I never had a student loan, ever. Wow. Um, we're sitting in a situation right now. Our house is not paid for. I'm trying to catch up to West. I'm going to do We got it. We refinanced it, though, mm-hmm. to reduce the interest rate, which is amazing because instead of, I'll say, 30% of the payment going toward principal, now it's 60% going toward go. principal. It's, mm-hmm. it's no cash out just to refinance it. And you, ha- I feel like you have to learn to take as much satisfaction in paying off Absolutely. something like oh. that as you do buying that sweater, you know. Oh, like, mm-hmm. But I think another thing that me and Wes, when we first met, we kind of, I had to help her out. Just because it's on sale. I'm a spender. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> need saver. it, if you don't need it, it is not a sale. You've but, not saved 40%. You've spent 60% that mm-hmm. you didn't need. There you go. There She's you a go. spender, but. In my own ways, I am too. So there, <laughs> my closet has the rod has dropped a couple times. So I, I got to tap me to purge. And that's interesting is that no matter your age and no yeah. matter your expertise, yeah, you still have to monitor yourself. You do and get yourself back to your discipline, yeah, right? Because it's very easy to stray. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. we only have a couple more minutes left, but oh, I know okay. we want to get into your radio show. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. So could you tell us a little bit about that and what inspired you to do it? Oh, great. Abundant Living by TFC, the radio show. We come here mm-hmm. to the same studio. It's wonderful. Motor City Women's Studio. Motor City Women. Yes. Woohoo! It gives us an opportunity to get the message out to everyone. We have a blog in addition to our radio show and on our website, website you can access past shows and past blogs. We can't reach everybody on a one-on-one basis, but this opens us up to be available for anyone who wants tips because we give tips. We have shared experiences. We bring in experts either by phone or they like we're doing now. They come into the studio. So for some of those wonderful tips, how can people get in touch with you at Trinity Financial Coaching? So they can get in touch with us at through the website, www.mytfcoach.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they can connect with us in social media at mytfcoach.com on Twitter, Instagram, as well as on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Or they can call our number, 888-705-9956. Yes. Awesome. Well, we could go on and on here, and you give me an idea to do a whole other podcast about your partner, right? Your uh, life partner (laughs) in terms of money. Another (laughs) job, maybe we'll do that with you. But um, would you like to give one last piece of advice uh, to our listeners about... um, Tips. One more tip. (laughs) One more tip. It could be about life. Could be about money, whatever you really want to say, I, in I terms of living tip. abundantly. I love yeah. that word of yours. Thank you. What One tip that I would have is for all those who are struggling or 
think you're in control, if you are in any way hesitant of opening that letter, of taking that call, don't allow guilt or shame to keep you from reaching out to someone. We've called others when we don't know how to do it. That's the only way. We're accredited financial counselors and we are financial coaches. We are there available to help you. There's no judgment, no criticism, because what we teach, we've walked. We've mm. sit in that space. Mm. I have been the, in the place where I'll I just put that aside. Mm -hmm. No, I don't do that. But I know how you feel. So don't be, don't feel bad. Just come forward and seek the help because it is available to you through accredited financial counselors and financial coaches. That's mm. wonderful. And my tip would be that remember that it's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time. It took you time to get there. It's going yeah. to take you time to get to the next place where you want to be. So allow faith to keep you on the journey while you face your reality. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. And also allow faith to keep it you on be, the journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we teach, we've walked. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. The best. Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your expertise. Thank and you. Thank you for having us. And your inspiring encouragement. Yeah. Willa Williams and uh, Wesley Eccles founders of Trinity Financial Coaching and hosts of the Abundant Living Radio Show. I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Monica Doyle. And let's, let's all, all go. go power up. Thanks for joining us at Powering Up. We hope you'll subscribe and share us with your network. Monica and I would love to hear from you through the Powering Up Women Facebook page or at Ann Doyle LDR on Twitter. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. Claim yours and put it to work. <laughs>